Welcome to The Kids Are All Night. We are the Night Siblings. Here we talk about everything you shouldn't talk about with your family. In this episode, we are going to talk about religion. Um, so we have in our family a little bit of a interesting religious background. We were raised in a very conservative um, religious household remember, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You have to say it that way. That's the official way to say it now. <coughs> Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we've gone, we have been called many names throughout the years. Mormon is one of them. LDS is another one. <laughs> but the official name of the church is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, we were raised in that household. Our parents are still very religious. And two of us, of the five, are still very religious. Um, and so we kind of wanted to talk about that background and also how each of us individually came to our religious beliefs because they have they have kind of diverged as we became adults um, and that's very normal and that's very expected because as you grow up you explore yourself and you explore the world around you and one of those things is religion um, and so diverging from what you grew up with is is very normal but so is sticking with it and that's the topic of this week um it's kind of a serious topic we we um We'll see how it goes. We don't always do serious very well. I'll start it out. I did choose to stay a member of the church um, as, I, as I got older, but that wasn't always the case. I actually left the church temporarily when I was 18. Um, 18 till about almost 20, maybe. How old was I when I came back to the church? I almost, it was right before I got married. But we dated for a year, so I was about 19. So I, I left the church for about a year. Um, I, I didn't really have strong feelings one way or another about staying in the church or leaving it. Um, it just was it was just one of those things where at that point in my life, I just didn't want to get up and go to church. And then slowly, I stopped going to church altogether. Um, my life at that time was not good. <laughs> I left home immediately after graduating high school. Um, basically, <laughs> I had gotten a belt. Well, hold on. Yes. I'm going to pitch in here. The reason why you did that is the same reason why every single one of us did that is because for 18 years of our – every single one of us for 18 years of our life, Dad said, when you hit 18, you're out. <laughs> yeah. and, and but, but there was more to it than that too. Um, I could have stayed and it would have been fine. But um, – that's true. He did say 18 and you're out. <laughs> um, not that that stuck well, <laughs> but. Kinsman was also... really the only one who stuck with that. Yes. <clears throat> and he's not here to give his perspective, unfortunately. <clears throat> yeah. Kinsman is kind of a degenerate and, you know, he's the black sheep in the family. And <laughs> doesn't, doesn't have important opinions or things to share and talk about. And that's why he, he's not on the podcast. Shame on you. Kinsman's the smartest of us all. He's not here. Hang on a second. Okay, I was on a okay, serious sorry, topic Sabah. here. Um, yeah, so ahead, when I was 18, I got a belly ring piercing. Um, and what? I did not know yes, that. Yes, <laughs> I did. And nobody knew about it except Incredible. for I knew. my 
friend, Avi, because she shared a bedroom with me, and uh, my friend Mandy, who was with me when I got it done. I don't really know why I got it done. I think Mandy just said, hey, let's go get something pierced. And she got her tongue, and I got my belly. Um, That seems like something Mandy would say. It is. It is At that- least 18-year-old Mandy. <laughs> yeah, it is absolutely something. She she kind of made me uh, loosen up a bit. That was I was I was not a very anxious person my whole life. And she helped ease those anxieties and make me do things that I wouldn't have done either. Anyway, um one day mom caught it on me. <laughs> I was out doing oh, laundry. No. Yeah, I was out doing laundry. And so I turned 18 three months, not quite three months, month and a half, I guess, actually, before I graduated high school. Um, and I was putting on a swimsuit top, which we were also not allowed to wear. I wasn't allowed to wear a bikini. Uh, so as soon as I turned 18, I got myself a bikini. I was putting on the swimsuit top outside and I was having uh, one of my friends, I don't know if it was Sierra or Mandy, tighten it up in the back. So my shirt was up and mom fell the belly ring. She predictably freaked out on me absolutely flipped out on me um as you can imagine and I don't even remember what she said exactly and I don't think she even remembers what she said because it was like a purely emotional reaction you know but that was kind of this catalyst for me being for me being like you know fine I don't want to live by your rules and I left and I moved in with my friend Sierra and I lived there for a time not quite a year maybe a year um before sierra moved out um it was her parents house before sierra moved out and i moved out as well at that time because it would have been awkward to keep living there um oh come on you know what they were great people they were absolutely i I love those people lori and dave are great people i love them to this day um even though I don't really have contact with any of them I have nothing but nothing but love for them they would have let me stay in fact they said that I could I chose to move I moved in with um like another group like a family I was just renting a room from another family I wasn't particularly good friends with them I just thought maybe it was time to move forward to something else in life also us nights are not very good at staying in one place so like a year in a house was enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's forever <laughs> right uh, until I moved into the house I'm in right now, I never stayed longer than a few minutes or like a year in a place. Real quick, there's some scratching in the background, so well, you can edit this out. I don't know what I don't know what the scratching is. I kind of hear it too, but I don't know what it is. Okay, well, I guess we can go on. Yeah. Um, so I moved in with this family. They were religious, but they were the kind of like mega church religious where you're not religious except for on Sundays. And then sometimes you go to a big old church and it feels great. I went to church with them one week and it just felt wrong. Like it was so this huge, major, huge mega church. They were playing rock songs. I mean, it was like stadium big. And um, this wasn't even in the South and it was huge. And I just it just felt wrong to be there so boy was it was it ccv was it that one that's up in um uh north phoenix or Fargo i Valley? don't know what it was glendale something i don't know okay it was by a mountain i looked up a mountain a little ways and it was white that's all i remember it was massive that sounds like ccv it but, might be and that's a huge huge yeah church. in phoenix for 
for those of our listeners not in Phoenix, CCV is like the Christian church of Phoenix. <laughs> I mean, that's the big, that's the big mega one. church they in have, Phoenix. They have a lot yeah. of campuses. Oh, I thought you were saying the Chinese Communist Party. Oh, CCP. <laughs> no, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Victor. Charlie, Charlie Victor. Christ, Got it. It's Christ yep. Church of the Valley, I think is what it's called. Yeah. I, it might have been that one. I don't remember. It just felt wrong. Um, everything about living in that house felt wrong to me. And I would take these really long walks. And we lived in a neighborhood where there was uh, a church, one of our churches. Um, and there was just this nagging thing in the back of my head saying, you know why that church felt wrong. Um, so one day I was walking and I, I'm not even entirely, I would go on super long walks when I lived there. Cause I just needed out. Of, there was 11 people that lived there. It was miserable. So I just needed out of that house. And I was sitting at the park during my walk and I just was feeling hopeless, I guess a little bit like I screwed up royally in my life and I didn't know how to fix it. And I just, I had this thought and I had this feeling. Um, and it was very, very clear to this day. I remember your father wants you to go home. Your father wants you to come home. And that day, that night, I called dad in tears. Maybe it was the next day. I called dad in tears and I said, please come get me. Please come pick me up. And he did. Didn't even ask questions. They've never asked questions about the time I didn't live with them. There was no judgment. I had 12 piercings at that time. Guys, quite a few in the, in, the mean, in the meantime. There was no judgment. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> there was no judgment. There was no... They didn't ask questions. They didn't do anything. My father was ready to welcome me home. And um, I understood that to be and I still understand that to be that it was more than just my earthly father that wanted me to come home it was also my heavenly father he wanted me to come home that was such a powerful moment for me that started me on having my own testimony of the church it's not in any way been the only time it's not in any way been the only thing because that's not enough on its own to keep somebody going and something that requires a lot of dedication. But it is certainly what started me on that path that my heavenly father wanted me home and that my dad, when he came to pick me up, loved me, welcomed me back and just wanted, he just wanted his daughter home. He just wanted contact with me again, regularly. He just wanted to be able to love me. And that, Example that he set, that feeling that I got with it, that, that absolute certainty that it wasn't just my earthly father, it was my heavenly father, and that it was the spirit telling me when I was in a time of need that really put me on the path to having my own testimony to choosing as an adult myself to be a member of the church. Um, and that's why I, to this day, I'm still a member and still an active member. And that's not to say there hasn't been hard times on the way. It's not to say I haven't had doubts along the way. That's not to say I, I'm perfect or in any way um, I'm on the road for work half of my, literally half of my life and I can't go to church. And so, you know, there, it's not, it's not like I'm 
I'm perfect since then, but I, I am committed to this life that I have chosen. And that is what set me on that path. And I've been talking for a very long time. So Skylar. No, I, if I just want to pitch in real quick, I appreciate Sugoi. I appreciate that story. And I, I think that, you know, all of us in some ways have, uh, stories like that um, where we've had similar experiences with the church and I know we'll all get a chance to explore that but I just you know I I didn't know that about your story and that's um, you know that that's definitely something that kind of tilts you know when it comes to making decisions that's something that I can see definitely make ways heavy you know is like I, I had this incredible experience and things in my life got fixed and I got to keep going that way. Right. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate yeah, that. And I, and I can see how it's kind of transcendent, you know, it's very transcendent. It transcends not only just that situation you were in, but takes you out, you know, c- kind of connects you to something bigger. And um, I, I appreciate you sharing that story. Thank you. So Skylar, if you want to, uh, chip in or pitch in. I'm actually excited to hear Skylar's story because I don't know that we, we've ever uh, talked about yeah. this. So no, so my uh, my my story is kind of similar. Again, you know, like Segway said, we all kind of had our ins and our outs, uh, and I was the same way for a while. the The funny, I, I guess, I wouldn't really say the funny. The interesting thing was that it was never that I didn't believe. I didn't have faith it was more that I was either tired of living a certain way keeping the commandments or I was curious I guess you could say curiosity killed the cat in some instances um so I I I think I'm the only one in my family I went on a mission to Albuquerque, New Mexico. I know, right? Weird Al Yankovic. Ah, ah, Albuquerque. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was like. If you if you listen to his song, that's what my mission was like. Uh, I went to a lot of great places um, outside of Albuquerque. I spent a lot of time on reservations, um, Navajo and Apache. Uh, I even went back to Arizona for a little bit. Um, but I stayed with the church all the way. I went on my mission. And then I came back and I was kind of just at a standstill. I didn't know what I was really supposed to be doing. And so I moved back to Arizona and I lived with a old childhood friend for a while. Um, and while I was in Arizona, I kind of, I wouldn't really say fell off the wagon. I more jumped off the wagon (laughs) or I would, as looking back at it now, I, 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 Skylar saw, Skylar saw a pretty girl. (laughs) Basically, no, yeah, basically that's actually what happened. Um, But I, the way that I look at it is I, I look at it. I, I think of the scripture in small and simple ways. Does the Lord bring to pass great things? Well, it's very similar that Satan does the same thing. He doesn't just, come in and say, hey, leave the church. And one day you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to leave the church. It's very small things that start to occur. It was small things that would stack up. 
uh, sometimes it'd be like, oh, you know, I can't go to church because I don't have a car and the church is really far away and I make up my excuses. And then from there, it was like, well, I'm going to go do this and then I'm going to do this small thing and then I'm going to do this small thing. And I, and I ended up actually um, meeting back up with another friend of mine who served a mission as well. But while he was on his mission, he met his wife. And so when he left, when he left his, when he left his mission and he finished, he came back, picked her up and got married and then he pr promptly left the church as well. And he was, he had gotten really deep into anti-Mormon literature. And I was like, well, I'm not going to fall for that. I'm going to read this stuff thinking I was so smart and <laughs> I could fight it off. We And we, for those that are members of the church that have listened, we've been warned to not engage in it because it is, it is a poison. I, I'll say that. And that's my own personal belief. This is a poison, a poison you don't realize that you're taking. But I started reading and I started reading into these things and I started listening to him and I started justifying my behaviors. I started saying, well, it's okay if I do this because, and then I would insert some doctrine to support it that didn't actually support it, but in my twisted view, it did. So I ended up falling away from the church for a period of time and I thought I would be happy. I thought I was making right decisions. I thought it, that I would be happy. And when I look back at that period of my life, I had never been more miserable. At the time, I was temporarily happy because I just kept indulging in my behaviors. And so I would get those endorphin kicks and, you know, all that scientific stuff in your brain. Yeah, the scientific stuff in your brain. I know very, I am very <laughs> literate. I know words. Good. All the all the chemical explosions <laughs> happening that make you feel yeah uh, joyful. exactly and and so I, after all of that had ended in a huge fiery explosion, um and as I was joining the Marines, I looked back on that and I I was not happy. I realized that after all of that stuff was aside, that I I didn't actually have true happiness. So I I sat down and I thought to myself. I've never really doubted that the church was true, but I've never really thought about it either. I've always had faith, but I never sat down and thought about it rationally. And I know it's some people might be listening, even in this group. How, how can you justify religion rationally? I remember something that Jedi told me once a long, long time ago. When he was still in hey, school, don't use my own words. Don't use my own words. It, no, it was a professor. Something that a professor had told you that there is a oh, one okay. in the Earth's age times the universe's age, or to an exponent of the universe's age chance that when you drop an apple, it will fall up because gravity is, at the end of all things, a theory. Um, well. Okay, hold on. That's not. I mean, that's not totally true. It's. It's actually has to do with the, st with the statistics of atomic mo motion. But okay. Anyways, well, yeah. at the end of it, at the end <laughs> yeah. of it, I I remember thinking, that's there is a chance that if you drop an apple, it'll it will fall up. There's a chance, however small, there is a chance that it can occur. And I started thinking about that. I started thinking about the universe. I started thinking about multiverses. I started thinking about the age of our universe. I'd gotten into some discussions with a few friends of mine, um, mostly on the theory of advanced civilizations and aliens and things like that, like real just like conspiracy theory kind of stuff. Those are not conspiracy theories. And theory. the more that I thought about it, conspiracy facts, there was actually, no, I'll get into this at a different <laughs> time. Conspiracy facts. <laughs> um, I started thinking, I started thinking about things like, 
could a being like God exist? Yes, there's a chance. There's a there's a chance, and I that's more of on an agnostic approach. There's a chance that a being like God exists. Um, there's a chance that in some other parallel universe or in a, some other timeline, a society is advanced to the point where to us, they would be considered God. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. There's a, there's a chance that they jumped from that parallel universe to our parallel. And this, I know this is kind of a long winded way of getting there. There's a chance that they jumped from a different universe to our universe and created what we currently know as the big bang and have been using their technology or their knowledge to then form this universe so that they could seed more of civilization. I think that's a and Stargate episode. I was going to say. Well, it actually does. It actually does go along with Stargate. It actually does go quite along with Star Stargate. And Stargate Atlantis was kind of the, one of the things that brought me to it was there was a planet and in Atlantis there was a machine and it controlled the technology and the flow of this planet. And these people had no idea that Atlantis existed. So I, 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 I kind of looked at that and I was like, you know what? Why couldn't, like, we look at God from a religious standpoint, right? Not really ever thinking much about it. But I thought, why couldn't God be the head of an advanced civilization? And their universe is full. They've, they, they've expanded throughout their universe. And so now they've expanded to a new universe. They have the power to create a new universe in the multiverse and to seed that planet with their children. And only the people who abide by certain regulations that this society has set forth are allowed to then join that society and gain the powers to create new universes. Could you imagine how destructive it would be if Hitler had the power to create a universe and fill it with people of his own like mind? Yay. So, so you would want to set a standard, right? <laughs> and, Oh my! Hold on. Okay, I can't. I cannot let that go by without commenting. Okay, now hold on. I I just want to. I'm just trying to envision, you know, a Nazi universe or multiple or okay. multiple Nazi universes among the multiverse. Multiple Nazi universes among the multiverse. This is, this is fantastic. But but my but at the end of it, I looked down and I said. Why couldn't there be a society that said we want our we want these people to live their life and we want to be able to observe them and to say these are the type of people that we want to give power to because we can trust that they will not wield their power incorrectly. You would need it to be a test. That test would need to be like any other test, one where you can't cheat, you can't peek at the other you know, you can't like open a textbook and get information, but you could still have studied for it. And I look at the scriptures and the prophets and the doctrines as a way of studying for that. Right. So once I, once I got that into that mindset that God is in and of himself, a member of a society, and we are just being tested on to whether or not we can join that society. I started to then look back at my religion and see, well, where could these things coincide and I found a lot of points that coincided. And I thought, you know, I already had faith. I already believed these things were real. But now from a logical standpoint, obviously that's just an entirely made up scenario in my mind. But it is possible. Because we, 
we're human. We don't know everything, right? We don't, we don't even, we don't even know a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent of a fraction of the things there is to know about this earth. We, I mean, we're finding hundreds of new animals and insects every year on the, on the earth. It's 2021 and we're still finding insects. Well, oh, we didn't know that insect existed. So for somebody to be out, oh no, sorry, a society couldn't exist that spans the multiverse and is testing you to see if you can join. You can't tell me that. You, you can't reasonably tell me that. And in the same sense, I can't reasonably tell you that it does exist. I can only say from my religious belief, I can then add what I consider to be a more sound foundation to what what could be occurring because when when you look at our religion and somebody says oh so you believe you can become god that's just crazy but if i then turn it around and say no actually we believe that we can become members of a society who will then instruct us on <laughs> things that we don't even understand on a fundamentally on a fundamental level then it looks Very a little bit more sound in, at least in my mind Freemason. Very what very Freemason of me. I was gonna call him a. So I was gonna call him a Scientologist, but all right. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie that that took a direction that I did not expect in my wildest fantasies. I'm so glad that I. I'm so glad that Skylar shared that story. So okay, so our one of our goals for this episode and for our next episode was for all of us to get through our. Um, you know, religious journeys, so to speak. Skylar, at some point, I want to come back and talk about this. <laughs> I agree. This, this is crazy uh, talk. This is definitely uh, a, well, I I try to I try to add a a level of understanding because we can't we cannot understand God. We're at least told that in the scriptures. We should strive to, but we fundamentally can't because it's like a it's like a two dimensional being trying to understand a three dimensional being. So I'm trying to apply. You know, we three-dimensionals, I look at God or that society as a four-dimensional. I'm trying to apply what little three-dimensional logic I can to my already bedrock religious belief. Well, okay. I Like I said, I, this is, I mean, this is a very, this is a rabbit hole that I would love to chase you, chase down with you. We are out of time for this episode. Um However, if you would all kindly, all of our 12 listeners, most of whom are related to us by blood, <laughs> join us for our next, yeah, our, join us for our next episode. Um, Avi and I will be discussing our respective religious journeys. Until then, goodbye. Mm-hmm.